everyone and welcome to this episode, the Learning Technology One of the Women Talking About Learning podcast. I'm Andrew Jacobs. Learning technology is used widely to enhance our learning, teaching and assessment, whether it be computer-based or multimedia. With so many channels available, we wanted to make sense of some of it and are delighted to have three extremely well-informed women to discuss it. Our first guest is Erin Huizenga. Erin is co-founder and CEO of Deslight, an innovation company that specialises in designing learning experiences. She and the Deslight team have partnered with organisations such as McGraw-Hill, Smithsonian and the American Marketing Association. She recently published an Amazon number one release, Learning in the Wild. Our second guest is Dr. Kinga Petrova. Kinga is a learning consultant and podcaster. She brings researched, informed solutions to workplace learning and developed learning organisations. Kinga hosts the Art and Science of Learning podcast, in which she interviews global leaders and thinkers in learning. Our third guest is Sharon Green. Sharon works in the people change profession and is the founder of her own company, Chiara Consultancy. Sharon works as a professional interim, qualified coach and sometime consultant, helping clients change, innovate and enable people. She is a lifelong learner, connector, people tech lover and fan of taking pictures, especially doors. This was recorded in June 2023. Two of our guests were from across the waters, one in Canada and one in the US. And there's an irony. We're recording the learning technology one. And, of course, we had technical issues with the technology ourselves. This is an awesome conversation. So, settle back and listen to women talking about learning. This is Erin, Kinga and Sharon talking about learning technology. Hey, you guys. It's so lovely to meet you. This is the first time. I'm super excited about our conversation this afternoon. And, um, yeah, I'm just kind of wondering... Erin Kinger, you know, kind of what attracted you to this topic? Sure. Uh, what attracted me to this topic? Yeah, um, this one was definitely the one of all of the series that made the most sense for for me. And yeah, it's so great to uh, be with you both. I'm excited to have our chat and learn from each other. It sounds like we have some nice overlaps and, and uh, also quite some diversity, too, that we can learn from each other. So looking forward to this. Kinga, what would you say? Hi, Erin. Hi, Sharon. It's a pleasure to be here to talk to you. And what brought me here is that technology is very much a part of my work and what has been woven through my career as I'm starting off my career as an engineer and then specializing in my graduate and PhD work in how technology is used in learning. And of course, that's what I do now with my, with my clients in the workplace. But it's this looking at different aspects of technology and how we learn with it and from it. Um, is something that I'm absolutely fascinated by and very much part of what I've been doing for a long time. So there's a lot to discuss. I feel this topic is is full of important uh, important points that people need to discuss and also learn about. And, and where do you think would be a really good place to start? Because it's so vast, isn't it? <laughs> the topic of technology is so vast. It's so vast. <laughs> yeah, I, I have some thoughts just about, you know, I'm curious from you both, um, how, how, when do we go to technology versus thinking still about um, offline interactions? And, you know, we think about that a lot in our desklight work, just thinking about as an innovation company, we don't, we're not, we're not a digital agency. We want to stay, stay very high level and think strategically about what's going to be best for these learners. And I think there's a world where still getting together in person is very, very meaningful if we're trying to brainstorm together or, 
um, bond as a group before everybody goes off and does something more asynchronously in the months ahead. And so I'm wondering from you both, you know, how do you think about that, you know, decision making around staying offline for a time or in, in increments and then moving into a tool or some kind of a technology technology platform, whether it's micro learning or or some of these other things um, that would be uh, that would be a nice uh, either holistic point of view on how to deliver the learning or um, you know, just some um, separation of offline and online learning. So curious how you guys think about that. I think that's such an important topic, the balance between technology and the in-person, because I think so often it, people jump to technology. And so often when I look at either clients, either being an executive, looking at their company, how they can improve workplace learning, or when I work with a learning designers, instructional designers, the, the jump to which technology will make it best should be really behind the conversation. So the first part of the conversation mm. should always be, what do we want to achieve and what do we want to get out of this experience rather than we want to make it engaging. How, what technologies can we use for that? And I find that still comes up a lot um, with executives saying or, or leaders saying that, oh, well, we are seeing this VR, we are seeing this AI, how can we incorporate that into the learning? Rather than asking what affordances does VR or AI or anything else, what affordances does it have? What is it best for? And then stepping back and looking at what you want to achieve in your learning experience. And then the experience could be many of the different things. It could be reading a book, it could be a VR experience, it could be a classroom experience. Learning experiences are a lot of different things, but thinking about the purpose first. What do you think, Sharon? Yeah. Yeah, no, Erin, I know you're going to come in there and say exactly, exactly. The I, I just want to say I'm there for that. I'm completely there for the purpose first, purpose-led. Yeah, I, I echo that completely. Where We just had a, a client, a new client call where we're putting together a, a new scope of work. And that does happen a lot, uh, you know, where clients say, you know, let's, Let's think about what the learning management system should be, or let's think about mm -hmm. how we might integrate yes. even uh, animation or um, VR, AR into this. And I feel like um, our job oftentimes at the beginning is to say, whoa, 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 let's, let's swim upstream. Let's think bigger about the whole design, King, as you're saying, about how all these potential tools can hang together to build the ideal learning experience. And uh, if we can collectively help people kind of think broader about what the learner really wants and needs, maybe it's not necessarily technology right away. Although these days, let's be honest, there will be a part that's techno technology based or digitally based, most likely. But to swim upstream and think more holistically about it at the beginning, I think is so important. So what do you, what do you think are some of the ways that we can help our clients and and people who are looking to have a learning experience designed, what are some of the ways that we can help them look at the affordances of technology rather than, and the purpose of the, the learning experience rather than uh, wanting to just try out the, the new shiny technology that's on the, on the market? Because as you said, Aaron, I, I do hear that a lot. Oh, we need an LMS. Oh, we need a new LMS rather than thinking about well, what was the problem with the old LMS? Maybe hmm. it was the way that you were using it. Right. Maybe it was who exactly. it was delegated to. Maybe it was who was given access to it. All of those things can make it a really 
that experience um, rather than there's nothing necessarily wrong with the technology. I think that's a great question you put out there. You know, how do we help clients to decide what's good or bad or what tools to use and when? And I find that it helps to give each one a purpose. You know, like what's the purpose of using VR? What are you trying to do with that, for example? Or to your point, why is the LMS broken? What's the purpose that it's trying to fulfill? And um, yeah, with VR, I, I just wrote a book called Learning in the Wild recently, and I have a whole chapter on the, the, the whole idea of AR, VR, and just talk about the idea that it needs to be evergreen content, in my opinion, and that gives it a purpose in and of itself. Yeah. Sharon, what, what do you think? What would you say? People won't hear on the podcast that I'm actively nodding away as, <laughs> as you guys are talking. Yes. Um, because although I'm, you know, I've kind of got a broad interest across uh, learning technology and other people technologies. So I'm interested in the interface between people and, and technology. Um, and so for me, it is about often kind of going, well, let's just kind of take a breath, step back, consider what we're trying to do here and how technology can facilitate that or um, be part of that. So I often find my role is to is is to help people to scan the whole market, think about what's out there and, and bring a perspective and a view, but also give that space that allows people to think about the broader um, picture so that how it all can kind of hang together, I guess, because I think there's a natural tendency for people to be curious and interested in what the latest technology is on the market. And, and that's not a bad thing at all, but it is about being purposeful about when we use it and how we use it. And particularly, I think the context within which the business is at, so where the business is at is really important. You know, like, you know, for some businesses, they're kind of ready for certain things. It's very relevant for what they're trying to achieve. Or if you're not working with a business and you're working with, I don't know, an educational establishment or a charity or whatever, you know, you've got to kind of think about their context, I think. And all of those things are questions that we can bring as people who've got expertise in this area that can really help the people that we're working with think some of these kind of knotty issues through. Because I think there can be a feeling that everybody's doing this and we must just get on with it rather than yes. just taking a breath and being purposeful, I think, about it. So that's kind of where I'd come from. And I think we play a valuable role in doing that. Yeah, I love that. I, I like what I'm hearing from you is that it's, it's we have a set of tools and in our toolbox and we can help people understand which tool to use and why. Uh, so do you need a hammer? Sure. And can you afford that hammer as a company? That's great. Um, then it's a good fit versus... Uh, People that just kind of throw the tools around, they don't really know why they're using them. I love that. My, I often say to um, people when I'm talking to them about um, kind of what I do is that I'm a bit like Mary Poppins. I have tools in my kit bag, yeah. and, you know, but not all of them are necessary for everybody. And you need to pull them out for the right things at the right time. And I think technology is something that we I think that. Um, I'm always curious, I, but I think you need to be a like almost. Um, I say I'm a kind of curious skeptic. You know, you need to approach these things with a little bit of a skeptical eye, I think, in order to see that you're making the right decisions at the right time. Absolutely, because without that, we are constantly repeating history. I mean, if we look at the learning technologies going back decades, it has been a constant wave, a constant wave of hype 
and everybody, this will definitely save our our learning and education system and our, our learning needs. Well, absolutely, this is the silver bullet. And then there's a big snow, you know, nosedive down when it doesn't work. And that has been true, surprisingly, from if you go through the literature, when you see it with television, you see it with, uh, with even the radio, you see it with the laptop, now with AI. And the conversation is all, it's incredible how it's repetitive through the decades and we forget the same words, the same hype has been used over and over again. So when will we really learn that actually we need to really look at what does that technology do well? Uh, I was really intrigued actually to find out uh, from actually one of the one of the guests on my podcast about uh, VR and how it really helps with care uh, caregivers uh, to have some empathy. And I thought, how? How does that happen? Well, supposedly dementia patients see very differently uh, the world. So it's not just a memory issue. It's getting into a car and the black mat at the floor of the car looks like a huge hole in the ground uh, for people with dementia. So if you go through a VR experience to see what it feels like and looks like to be a dementia patient, you actually have a much better ability to take care of them. So I thought, wow, what an amazing way to use VR rather than sitting around a boardroom table and looking at each other through VR. Um, so ha- looking at those affordances of the technology and um, and I'm very intrigued. I just came back not, not long ago from New York from the Learning Ideas Conference and uh, someone made a really interesting point saying, we're all talking about AI. So what is the role of LND with regards to AI? Do we now need to have learning plans and learning experiences for the AI? That we create, I thought, okay, wow, that's uh, that's a new a new thought for sure. Yeah, just to speak to what you're saying about uh, you know VR and that example for healthcare and dementia patients, um, I think about in a higher ed uh, scenario, the idea of bringing students together in a field trip, for example, if students are working mm-hmm. in an online program from all over the globe you know, we can use VR to bring them together and experience something together in a field trip format. Uh, That to me is a great use of that tool uh, because it's so strategic. And I see a lot of higher ed schools, you know, sort of dabbling with and playing with these tools and considering changing LMS and all the things we've been talking about. But really their problem is figuring out how to have a really great value proposition these days as things in the world of higher education are changing just so rapidly. And students need to know why they're going to those schools and why they should pay the tuition. And so, again, an example of of the strategic move versus the tools. Um, But I love that we're talking about what are are some good usages for VR and as you're bringing up Kinga, AI and some of the considerations there. And I and I think that when we use use a tool in a purposeful way, like you were saying there, Kinga, with the healthcare example, and I've heard I've heard similar examples about how, you know, being able to um, kind of train doctors in very specific operations, or um, you know, to be able to do that across long distances using virtual reality, or 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 being able to train on on kind of patients and give much more instantaneous feedback using technology. I mean, those are really you know, I can kind of see the purpose of that. What I can't, I guess, where I struggle is when I hear 
like for example i was going to a um to a tech um conference where they were showcasing various different technology and and they were talking about doing a virtual kind of onboarding using vr and 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 the, you know there was kind of a part of me that was thinking you know how, how does that serve like an employee from a more human side you know is it really essential to be able to use that technology in that scenario can we not be doing it in a slightly different way that might not look so cool um, mm-hmm. but actually serves the purpose for the um for the learning of that particular um person um in a much better way so i think it's about for me i'm always that kind of curious skeptic has to be kind of satisfied I'm super curious about how technology can facilitate and help learning in this instance or other things but I'm I'm also skeptical about applying like you were saying Aaron that kind of you know you don't you know when you have a hammer everything looks like a nail that kind of mm-hmm. you know scenario so I think um if we keep that purpose in mind and keep that what are we trying to achieve as a goal in mind when we're looking um at anything but particularly technology then i then i think that's a real kind of north star kind of guiding light for making good decisions definitely it's so critical in, in you know in my opinion yeah to to that point sharon we we just hired a new learning designer uh, a couple of weeks ago and just the the need we all felt in having uh, some offline interactions. We had breakfast together in Chicago and we had a workshopping day together in person as he got started and onboarded with us just to uh, answer those in-between questions and have that, you know, water cooler talk, so to speak, that you just can't have in a hundred percent virtual officing environment. And we are, we're in all four U.S. time zones and we have people, you know, across the country But we have that feeling of really needing to be with and meet in person as we get started with a new um, person on our team as a fairly small team. And so just echoing you and your point there that, you know, it is important to consider some in-person time and and community building time uh, at the beginning, middle, and really, I think the end of, you know, an engagement together as we're all thinking about, gosh, I haven't met that person in person ever, you know, so many scenarios like that these days, it's important to, to balance everything. And there's such a different element that there's such a different element to the in person, and which is why we should be always thinking about what is the essence of that activity? What does it offer that nothing else can such as different technologies? What can they offer that nothing else can? And Sharon, you you said the word purpose. And I think we've come back to that again and again. I think that the next big thing, the next hot thing in ed tech should really not be tech, should be purpose. And constantly thinking about what is the purpose of the activity? What is the purpose of that technology? And focusing on that rather than focusing on, oh, wow, AI is amazing. What can we do with AI? I mean, throughout this summer, every conversation Mm. I've had, every conference I've been to uh, has been all about what can we do with AI? How can we harness it? Rather than thinking, what is AI? What is its role? What is it good at? And then thinking about, okay, now we know what it's good at. And then when we think about the purpose of our own activities, maybe it fits and maybe it doesn't. 
I'm just kind of nodding along because I think that, um, I mean, it's interesting to to hear the trends bubbling up, you know, like what you can tell when a, when something, when a technology um, is particularly bubbling up to the surface because it kind of gets everywhere. There's media coverage. There's, it's a topic of conferences and, 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 um, exhibitions and you know like webinars and article it's almost like it's the only thing that exists exactly exactly when all of these other things are going on and you know people and and also some of the you know I'm sure that we'll we'll all have examples of working with different organizations that are still you know the the the, the different stages of their evolution and and um and and maybe they need to think about some foundational pieces before they um bring in you know other things you know so i think it and so i think it's important to um to think about the context and and also like you were saying king earlier about um the learning the lessons of the existing technology I often find that I kind of go in and I kind of poke around and I'm kind of going why isn't this you know why aren't we maximizing this you know there's there's loads of benefits in your existing system that we're just not realizing like tell me about that what you know like you know why do you think it's broken and we need something new you know so often like I kind of find that if you have you know work life and and life and general so busy that sometimes you just don't you need a bit of time to focus and kind of explore you know what what we're using our existing technology for what what could it do for us that it's not doing and and then being purposeful about purchasing new stuff and um, that we're adding to um the kind of infrastructure and from my perspective for the experience of people using it you know like think about the people who are using it you know having exactly. to log on to lots of different things you know um that kind of employee or people experience angle it, you know sometimes we need to shine a light on that i was going to ask you guys we're all women we're on the women talking about learning podcast about technology i mean do you think do you have any views about a female perspective or or, or or not? I'm just kind of curious. I think that's a great question uh, because I think it really depends on where you're at in the world of learning technologies because there's so many different types of careers and types of people who are involved in the field of learning technology from the, the, the programmers to those who are training on learning technologies, those who are learning designers who design the learning. Those are all very different skill sets and very different uh, types of people who are who are in that field. Um, so you know, I've I've gone through you know my my career started uh, in engineering and uh, going through electrical engineering and working as an engineer for several years, and uh, you know I'm I'm used to that balance of of there being a lot of men in the field and um, but but I think mm. I think it's quite balanced out in the world of ed tech. I would have from my experience, from what I've seen. But Erin, what what do you see? Yeah, I see the question as as I think about it as as desk laid and running a woman owned firm and and thinking about uh, just trying to make sure we have balance and make sure we have empathy for all of our our projects as well as for each other. I came up through consulting. I've always been on the consulting side and. Um, have had some really good experiences in previous roles and some really hard experiences in previous roles as a consultant and as a woman in those roles. And so um, 
I, I think that uh, I, I try every day to make sure that I don't put those experiences on the people in, in our team, on our team, and uh, you know, just think a lot about what that uh, business model can look like. And uh, I think also it's, it's fun to reflect on so many of our clients are women. I'd say maybe 90% of our clients right now are women. And so many women are in these leadership roles as educators or past educators turned leaders at education publishers and uh, places like that. And so it's, it's, it's empowering for both the, the collaborators that we have, as well as ourselves to know that we're, we're making a dent in that universe and helping those women succeed and making them shine. So that's, that's what I think about when you ask that question, Sharon. The importance of diversity is so, uh, is so essential in this. And I think we need to think about diversity in many different, uh, from many different angles, uh, diversity in all different aspects, including one that has come up again and again and that I've seen in my research and also in my in my work with uh, corporations, is the uh, is the divide between many people in ed tech are very much tech enthusiasts and they um, and they're very excited about the new technology. They're very excited to use it. And this is actually a huge divide between the people who design the tech and also the people who train uh, adults and also uh, instructors and learning designers on the use of tech, because they're not necessarily seeing the other perspective of what might be challenging to people in using this tech in, in their specific work, in their specific industry. Um, so having that diversity, even in ad tech, and Sharon, you said you come to this as a bit of a skeptic, I think that's extraordinarily important because there is a big divide between the tech enthusiasts who drive ed tech and hmm. a lot of people who have their own very real struggles or um, differences in the way that they can use the tech in their work. So we need to be able to understand all the different aspects of it, uh, because I've seen, uh, for example, when I was doing my my doctoral research um, years ago, I saw that when tech trainers were coming in to teach teachers about how to use new technology in the classroom, um, they were very enthusiastic. And it so many of the teachers came away feeling that. Wow, I, I don't, I, I can't really measure up to that enthusiasm, to that uh, passion of it. I don't really know how to use the technology to the extent that they're talking about, and they draw back rather than lean forward. Um, so it's very important to have that empathy and that understanding and diversity of of people who are driving these different industries to be able to to address everyone's needs. I kind of feel heartened by both of your kind of perspectives on on that question really because I think that um I, I yeah because I think that often when I go to kind of conferences or um in different forums where um where I'm kind of picking up my kind of own learning or investigating further about different technologies that are coming onto the market that might be of value to the people I know or my clients, et cetera, um, that I often see that there's quite, that there isn't so many women necessarily in the room. I think that's changing. Um, and I, and I see that as really positive, but I think it is important for, um, for, for that kind of broad representation of, of views and, and, um, and perspectives, I guess, when we're thinking about uh, not necessarily just the design 
um, the implementation and then the kind of landing and usage of technology, I just think it's really important to think of that through a broad lens. And if we and, and bringing people into those conversations at the different stages, I think it's really important because, you you know, without that blend, you don't get great technology. Yeah, on that point, Sharon, we we do that with almost all of our collaborations where we bring the learners in, you know, high schoolers or college students or um, people that work at these businesses and talk with them about what they really need and want and and how they see their world as it relates to learning new things and, and how learning can be a benefit to them in these roles, whether they're traditional students or uh, it's a stop along the way for them professionally, you know, just really trying to get to know them and understanding how they see their world before any strategy uh, begins to take shape. Um, so much more learner-centered than system-centered. Um, so love what you're saying there. Absolutely. It's such a, I mean, this is such a big field with so many different aspects to be thought about and discussed. But when when people who are not necessarily in learning technologies, but of course, we're all using learning technologies and so many are designing with them. Uh, what do you see as something that people should take away as an important as an important thought or an important action that they can uh, face learning technologies in a more productive way in, in your work, in the, in the type of work that you do? Ugh. What do you think is a takeaway? I think we need a second episode, as Andrew is saying here in the chat. I, I think we just all warmed up. <laughs> I mean, for me, it's very much that purpose. Sorry, for me, it's very much that purpose, thinking about turning a little bit, actually, from the digital to the analog. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm a huge, Yeah. Uh, I really, really uh, feel it's important to reflect and reflection is such an important tool in, in learning. And I think this is the time now that people need to reflect on the purpose of what they're trying to achieve before they jump to the technology. That's like the perfect ending, the, 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 like the cliffhanger, the cliffhanger that, um, that leaves it with the audience to think about what they need to do. And, and maybe Andrew will invite us back um, for a take two. You never know. It's been lovely to talk to you all. I really appreciated it, especially like a, like a transatlantic kind of angle with so many similarities. It's just been really cool. So. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, it's been so lovely to meet you both. And I feel like once we get got rolling, it's very organic. So I appreciate you both so much. And Thank you so much to both of you. It was so nice to talk to you. We were incredibly lucky to have Erin, Kinga and Sharon and with all the tech issues to get such a great recording from them. We do think it's probably worth considering a second episode. And what do you think? Which aspects of learning technology would you like to hear more about? A massive thank you to them for their time, and you'll find all their details along with links to the things they spoke about in the show notes. We'll have a special episode next time. To mark World Mental Health Day, the mental health one will be published next Tuesday. That's October the 10th, 2023. We've half a dozen episodes recorded and have plenty more to be scheduled. We've loads of topics not covered yet, so if you want to be a guest, please do let us know. As always, thank you for listening, and we'll see you again soon. Oh,